Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe DeBabna. This is KMA Talk Radio, episode number 411, and I'm here with my trusty co-host, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and my man, for South Paul from South Philly, a.k.a. The Goat. Alex good morning. Tavella with the leisure look this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> Rocking my uh, smoking socialite robe this morning. Shout out to all the socialites. These now, robes will be available soon. Yes. I, ah. I was very. We put an Easter egg in the credits. If anybody didn't watch the credits of The Great Smoke, uh, I urge you to go back and watch them. There's a couple of Easter eggs in those credits. The socialite robe was one of them. And there's an end scene and a tribute. So uh, definitely worth viewing the credits if you didn't get a chance to view the credits. Um, other than that, it was a very exciting weekend last weekend and a very interesting week this week, I guess. What a what a crazy week for you guys. I mean, I had fun stuff in my face with, uh, with food during the Great Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> speaking speaking of the watch party you hosted with Evan Donnell, I might as well get this out of the way. Uh-oh. I don't know. Evan came by yesterday, dropped off this bag. I'm I'm pretty sure there's nothing Louis Vuitton in here. But I would assume. Open this side first. So he, he dropped something off. What he the heck? Me, I don't know. He didn't tell me to refrigerate it, so it's definitely not food. But I have to open this side first. Okay, it's quite the wrapping job. It, yeah, definitely not not done. Uh, he should have gotten his wife's help. Without a doubt, this is how I wrap shit. Exactly. So he, my, my, so he he's kept it for you to open on the air. That's what he said. Which you know, oh I'm a little worried because with Evan Darnell, you never know. You never, never know. Oh, okay. So let's see. There's a letter here. Abe, at my core, I treat my friends. They are like family. And after listening to you speak of our friend Sal, it is apparent you do the same. We are so fortunate to have come together with great people, enjoy each other's company over a nice cigar, speak openly, eat delicious food, and have supportive families who make it all possible. You've created a new way for us to come together. So enjoy these fortunate things in our life. Sal would have been proud of you this weekend as we all are please take this picture and put it somewhere close to you as i am sure he always is well i never got to meet sal and he spelled meat m-e-a-t of course he did i feel like i have because he lives on through you proud to call you a friend evan darnell uh... come on abe the suspense is killing us Wow. Well done, Evan. This is, I don't know if it's hand-painted. This doesn't look like it's a, um, this is hand-painted by somebody. 
this isn't a an, an effect or a, a digital thing. We have Abe in a moment right now. Yeah, Abe, is, Abe is in a moment a little bit. We got to take this in. I've never that's seen this before. No, that's that's excellent and quite. That's great. really cool. Yeah, this is definitely going up right next to Harry. I got Harry on the wall over here. This is gonna go right up next to him. I have a picture of me and Sal. I keep on my desk here. You know, for those of you who you know didn't catch it or not in the socialite group, February was the 10-year anniversary of Sal's death, and Sal was literally my first mentor in this industry, and, and more than that, it was his family. He was a good friend. But this was uh, this was Sal and I at our 10th anniversary party when we give away that Harley. Yeah, Sal was great. Okay, should have maybe waited a little bit. <laughs> now that we're all emotional, to open that. I, I got to go set this down. Well, so Evan, Evan really knew how to uh, how to get to Abe there. I guess he did. He did. Well done, Evan. And I mean that that was just that's a really nice gesture. It is that that was awesome. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Here he's back. Oh, he's back. I didn't want to, uh... We got an eye wipe. Oh, we got it. This is like Oprah. This is perfect. There was dust in my eyes, dude. Yeah. Don't make Tell it. us how you feel, Abe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, look, in moments like like this weekend especially, I really miss Sal the most because, um, you know, to understand some of the things that we've done, whether it be the first great smoke, our poker tournament, giving away a car, giving away a Harley, you know, or, or even this last... Uh, digital TGS, you know, my dad's proud of me, my wife's proud of me, but, you know, they really don't understand the scope of it, of the industry. They're not in it sometimes, and they don't fully relate, you know, like, my dad has no clue sometimes, you know, he just sees a lot of people, this is great, and my son did a great thing, and, you know, Sal was always that guy that that um, really was proud of me, and, and actually was able to, I was able to share the depth of some of the things we've done over the years, so, yeah, in times like this, I kind of miss him the most. You know, but this and every Thanksgiving because he stole all the cranberry sauce every Thanksgiving. <laughs> he loved Dude, your wife's cranberry sauce, right? He loved my wife's cranberry sauce. In fact, when he was in hospice, we made him a whole Thanksgiving dinner and bought him a whole thing of cranberry sauce. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Evan Darnell. It was a wonderful, touching gift. I appreciate it. Well, well, the funny thing is I haven't seen him comment yet, so I wonder if he's not listening. Yeah, uh, I know his son's got a baseball game this morning, so I don't know if uh, he's around, but he'll, I'm pretty sure he'll watch it later. Stay strong, but stay uh, strong. Speaking, big well, I mean, I don't want to skip over TGS, but man, we, what a, what a weekend that was! I mean, uh, the thousand look, and, and just you know, and anybody didn't see it or hear it, you know, obviously there was a lot of controversy after TGS um, with people who didn't make out on their limited editions. Uh, staff here at Smoking got a lot of. Uh, nasty phone calls and nasty emails but i spent all day monday morning you can ask alex because alex was just ready to ban ban everybody <laughs> alex was, I, I had the perfect uh, plan i mean there's no one who objected to my plan unfortunately it didn't, it didn't uh, <laughs> alex wanted to go to their accounts and smoke in the next time they logged in it would just say like you know your money's no good here shop somewhere else <laughs> he was he was pissed but literally, I called. I, I spent the whole day Monday calling everybody, like every single person who left an email, like every single one, and not one person was was bad about it. They, they and most of them were like, you know, look, we were caught up in the moment. I, I was upset. I'm sorry. And 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 
everybody was really nice about it. That's what I was telling Alex. I said, look, people get mad in the moment, and then they, they, they say stuff, and then 20 minutes later, they cool down. In fact, one guy was like, one guy put it in the comment section of his TGS order. So he's ordering product, some other product, and he made a comment and said some nasty stuff, and I think he was the guy who called me not so honest, Abe. And so I called the, I, I called him and I said, you know, hello, yeah, this is not so honest, Abe. And, you know, he's like, man, look, if I had sent an email, I would have sent an apology email like 10 minutes later. But it was in the comments in the, you know, order. I didn't know how to take it back. So the spirit of it worked through. Everybody got over it. And overall, I think it was a phenomenal event. I got a lot of beautiful messages from people all over the country and our peers and kudos to everybody on the smoking team who really i pushed i pushed i mean you know a lot of times i could push myself to the limits and i'm all right with that but i think i almost everybody involved kind of got pushed to their limits uh last week and uh, i think it showed so very proud of that moment how did it look like to you paul because i haven't really watched it yet right you know, me neither yeah i've looked at little snippets we've been busy this week obviously We'll be busy all of next week trying to get you know all these orders out. The guys are blasting through it. We've made two shifts, so they're working day and night. And um, you know, but I have a plan like someday maybe just to chill back, grab a cigar, sit on the lanai, and just kind of just chill and watch it for the first time. Uh, so I I didn't watch the the full like I watched it at the at the Red Meat Lovers Club event. I listened to some of it. Um, I listen as soon as it started. I was like, oh, my God, he's Jimmy Fallon. That son of a bitch did it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it looked it looked super professional. It was awesome. Let me, let me clarify. Your standards and expectations are always absurd. So for you to say <laughs> yeah, that, I agree. Paul, Paul believes right now, like, our audio is poor quality. Like, no, we can't do something. I, like, his, his standards of everything wants to be, like, primetime network television production. And there were little things during the show that I was texting Alex about. I was like, yes. "Ooh, raise their volume, hey, lower raise their, their volume, volume. Hey, raise their volume." Volume's a little low. Hey, the, the I honestly wasn't sure where he was, but I no, was like, "Camera three, I'm just not scroll over." <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, overall, it was amazing. Uh, let me tell you my highlights for it. Um, Carlito, of course, was a uh, was a huge highlight for me. I mean, we, I you know, I got to meet him virtually through the show. Uh, a couple of times now, and uh, his was uh, his interview was just very genuine and, and very heartfelt and and emotional, and it was it was awesome. And Saka was another standout. Speak of uh, speaking of stay strong and all this stuff that's going on right now. But um, Saka was like shot out of a cannon. He was really well spoken. He seemed optimistic and positive, which you know, if for you ask change. Abe, that's for a change. Yeah, exactly. Which, you, if you ask Abe, is is unlike him normally. So, um, yeah. It, 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 listen, I was blown away by it. I'll I'll tell you actually, when when you introduced Petra coming on with Alan, I was like, really? And not that I don't think that Petra is really great because obviously I've seen her perform a million times now at the house and other places. I was like, all right, let's see where this is going. Uh, dude, that was awesome. It was so cool to see her up there with Alan and like really like rocking out and jamming. I, the uh, the comedians were great. The the last guy especially I thought was was uh, was super funny. Um, and he's a Long Island guy, so you know you gotta like that. Props to that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was listen, it was an awesome experience. Um, 
you know, I got to experience it a little bit differently than anybody else really on the staff because I kind of had the leisurely job of kind of waiting till I went online and, and smoking sin compromisos all day at Smoke in Boynton. So uh, it, it was fun and stuffing my face with, the, as Evan says, copious amounts of beef. But yeah, it was, I was really impressed. And for me to say that, you know, that's a big deal. <laughs> I got to give big kudos to Alan Gofar because, you know, I think he saw my daughter playing um, Bohemian Rhapsody on the piano one night. And I posted on Facebook and then he, he sent me uh, uh, him playing guitar. He's brought his guitar to our, our store a couple times and jammed a few times. So um, he sent me a video of him playing, too. And I, I just texted him back, you and Petra should do a gig. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, you want to do it for the Great Smoke? And literally, like, he, he drove, I think it's about a 40-minute drive um, the week before, once or twice, and then two or three times the week, the, two weeks before, then two or three times the week of the Great Smoke. And wow. uh, that's all they did. They worked on it, and they never played together. And unfortunately, I was busy working because I really wanted to be there when they were when they were practicing, but they kept sending me videos. So when I saw the videos of them playing, that moved me a lot. So I knew it was going to be a, a good experience for everybody. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't recognize my daughter. It's a true story. It's a true story. I'm talking with Michael Hurtklotz at the table. And, you know, the, the point by the time they came on, it was a good maybe a couple of hours into the event. There was only 40 people in the room. It wasn't like there was jam-packed room. It was a very limited audience. So after a couple of hours, you've seen every face. You kind of know everybody who's been in the audience. And as I'm talking to Hurtklotz, I see in the corner of my eye this young lady who walk across, stand in the corner, talking to people. And I'm saying to myself, who's letting random people into this room? Because this, this what girl... What the hell is she doing here. in here? Yeah, this girl wasn't here the last two hours. Because I, I didn't know what she was wearing. And then, of course, the makeup artist did her thing for 45 minutes on her. So I didn't know who it was. And then when I saw her walk into the stage, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I got to go out and buy a few more shotguns. Yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> but, but um, just to you know, watching her, on, watching her on stage and, and with such poise and not being afraid, because all my kids are different. You know, her baby sister, uh, her middle sister, the middle, the one youngest after her, she plays violin very well, too. I'm not sure if she'd have that poise or not, but to see how she stood up there and, and, and do it and take it graciously and play with Alan, uh, that was... That was a, a great moment for me, too. Yeah, just to uh, double back, I mean, you really got to appreciate their dedication. I mean, we would literally be here working at 10 o'clock at night, uh, you know, doing our thing. And you'll get a text at literally 10 o'clock of them, two at your house practicing. So, <laughs> you know, th they didn't take it lightly either. They really they wanted to pull it off and they did an excellent job. And, you know, they were dedicated to it and they nailed it. And, and most people don't know, but Alan did not tell Carlito he was playing. Oh, I didn't, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a surprise to Carlito. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah, the the whole thing it was it was pretty cool. It was like watching watching a uh, a telethon, and uh, and I enjoyed it. I also, you know, I got to see the the uh, your staff like busting their asses behind the scenes at the shop. You know, the uh, the online staff busting their asses every time the site went down. They were, I mean, listen. I don't need to kiss ass. They, they, as soon as the site would go down, they were immediately on the phone. They were immediately on the web. They were fixing it as fast as they could. So it was, it was stressful back there for sure. I kept the. Alex, you can correct me, but I think the site 
really only went down what twice. The rest of it was just the error codes of the it's selling out before they can get out of the cart, right? Oh, is that uh, what it was? Yeah, no, oh, the yeah. site went down twice, maybe three times. The one time it was literally down for like twenty seconds and right back up. But yeah, for a lot of people that um, had something in their car and then when they went to check out, uh, it wasn't there. That wasn't a site crash. Somebody just checked out before you did and it was all gone. You know, okay. So. Well, so then maybe, yeah, there was definitely some misunderstanding with some of the guys then. Yeah. I mean, their, that's just the way it goes. In their mind, in that universe, the world crashed. Yeah. You know, it was funny because, uh, I mean, with, with Carlito, the, the site crashed before we even got the product in stock, you know. So people thought it was sold out and we're like, no, it's not even actually in there yet. If you guys would stop refreshing, we'll be able to get <laughs> Stop hitting refresh and we'll get the product in. So everybody thought it was sold out and we couldn't even get it up yet. And then you know, those who got it, got it. But, uh, yeah, it was a crazy time. Uh, I thought it was an awesome, I thought it was an awesome production. I thought it, it turned out well. I mean, the, the majority, I mean, when I say majority, the vast majority, like 95% of the people that I've seen comment about it were like super thrilled. People in the industry thought it was awesome. Um, I was talking to our Meet Your Maker guest yesterday, Jose Blanco, who's obviously been in the industry for a lot of years. And we'll go more in depth about that when we talk to him. But he said, he's like, Abe set the bar for people now, so now like the other people want to even attempt it. Sure. So you know, that's 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 something. I, just kind of said. I think other people should attempt it. I mean, I, I think it's a great venue. Just do not call me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> but I got to mention my favorite part of of the production is it, it is when Petro was playing. But I was in the back and I was by Abe's dad. And if you know Abe's dad, he's a great guy, and he's a fun time, but he, he's an old-school man's man. And, hardcore. Uh, hardcore, and I love him for that. You know, he's just an old-school guy. My dad and, uncomfortable hugging me. Right, right, right. right. So, my <laughs> wife, when I first married my wife, and, you know, she wants to hug my dad. She's like, your dad feels so awkward. Like, when I hug him, I goes, I'm 38 years old. That's what how he does it to yeah, me. You know, he, he's, he's an old-school man's man. But when Petra was playing... He was sitting there, and he was literally stiff as a board. He didn't blink. He didn't move. Nothing. Like, you could tell that in his brain, he's like, if I make any motion, a tear's going to drop, and I can't have it. Ha he was stiff. Stiff. Actually, true oh. story. True story. I had two cousins here uh, with him, and my younger cousin. cousin literally, he literally says he, he looked over, and he saw two tears. Two tears, and then my dad looked at him, and my cousin had to turn away really quick, like right. act like he was looking. It was like awkward. <laughs> right. Don't acknowledge that you noticed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, that that's awesome. I'm proud grandpa, of course, but uh, it was it was a really it was a really cool experience to have any little part of it uh, was kind of cool. You know, I wasn't in the credits or anything, but you know, it was it was cool. <laughs> we didn't put you down as field correspondent. No, uh, slip up. Sorry. I noticed Mawa, okay. Mawa caught the credits. He uh, yeah. he caught Adam's title. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what was Adam's title. You got to watch the credits. You got to watch the credits. You got there was there was some there was some fun. We had fun making the credits. The credits doing the credits was our reward. Yeah. For, for putting this broadcast together. We, we kind of had some fun things we did in the credits. If you haven't watched the credits, go back, watch the credits. You, you left too early. 
I did watch him, but I was uh, I was preoccupied at the time, so I I didn't like sit and like read every single one. But I saw them. I I loved I loved the little videos with the staff. That that part was really cool, like the little vignettes of each staff okay. member. That was that was supposed to be that was supposed to be um, audio. And it's really funny because, uh, you know, now you can see how a lot of stuff ends up on the editing floor because you just can't make it work. And, and we tried to get the audios and then the time, it, like, all right, just kill the audio. We'll play music in the background. And you just you end up just getting frustrated. And another thing I forgot to mention on the show was, you know, Sean Astin had a nice little tribute. And I, I, I'm, it was one of the things I wanted to talk about because I'm sure people were saying, well, why is Sean Astin, you know, um, actor, the guy who played um, Rudy and, and Lord of the Rings and uh, Goonies. Um, I had the pleasure of last October of uh, being in a movie with him. Um, Marvin Samuel, formerly of Drew Estate, has been working on this this movie for, I don't know, years now. And it's come to fruition. It stars uh, Sean Astin and Judd Hirsch and Carol Kane. And um, there's like a cigar like Marvin called it on the script, the cigar legend scenes where he had me and, and some other guys in the industry, Jeff Forshowitz, uh, Eric Espinosa, um, Christian Aroa, uh, Ryan Lees was there. So there was a bunch of us talking to him in the scene and um, he was in the scene. That's where we got to meet, meet him and he enjoyed cigars. So um, it was very nice to him to send us that message. And that, that's kind of how he correlated. But I think Marvin's movie, I Mordecai is, is, is going to come out sometime this year. I really can't wait. It's, it's, I think, going to be a uh, it's it's not a documentary it's like a real film and um I've, i read the screenplay i've seen parts of it it's extremely funny and uh it's very uh it, it's good it's gonna be good to see a full-length feature film that's cigar centric you know the last one i can even remember was you know blue smoke harvey Keitel. you know um and i think there was two of them blue smoke was maybe the first or second one but i'm going back over 20 some years maybe 30. Um, but it'll be good to see this. So uh, I'm very excited for my dear friend Marvin, and, and, and uh, uh, can't wait to see it come out this year. I Mordecai. Yeah, so, that'll be awesome. Yeah, keep 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 your eye out for it. So I think we have a um, uh, a, a spotlight feature this week, Paul. We do. All we right, do. Man, so let's let's cue it up. Okay, our spotlight feature. We have Mr. Rafael Nodal. Hey, hey, guys. Hello from Brazil. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Thank you for having me here. What an amazing opportunity to talk a little bit about this cigar. And also, guys, before we, we start on that, I want to say congratulations to Abe and all of you for an amazing job you guys did last uh, last week. I, uh, I was listening to you guys talk a little bit about the highlights, and I will recommend, guys, uh, if you need to, to do a little highlight show, right? So a show that you put a little bit of highlights and do it in three or four different shows because 
for someone that have, have loved the TV, I've done some radio, I work in some TV as well. This, this program not only has a tremendous uh, value, production value, but it has been entertaining. It was a very entertaining, educational. You guys did an amazing job. And by the way, hey, about your daughter. I mean, as you know, I started playing violin when I was six years old. Um, what a great, I mean, actually, I posted a, a, a picture of me playing violin in my first recital after I saw that because I was moved and I really thought perhaps I should have continued music. That was very inspiring. Congratulations to you as a father. Because when you had a, you were a father of someone playing violin at the beginning, right? The first, uh, the first year. It's not easy because that sound, mm -mm, and uh, she's doing a great job. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rafael. So I'm holding here this beautiful, you know, carnival-themed packaging here of the your newest version of Trinidad, the Spiritu Series number two. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, yes. And, and look at the color, guys. Uh, that that talks about Brazil. And actually having my green my green uh, uh, glasses today, you see the, the in the back the 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 football. Well, you know, we introduced the first Trinidad Espiritu last year, a year and a half ago, and it was the spirit of Caribbean, the spirit of Cuba, and we wanted to have fun. You know, one of these things that I love about this industry is not only meeting people like you guys and the consumer, but it's actually having fun, not only with the blending of the cigar, but now that I'm working on marketing, being able to create all these fantastic uh, ideas. And obviously, Brazil is a country that has not only a fantastic history, great music, uh, um, the carnival, the great drink, great food, but also uh, fantastic tobacco. So we decided to uh, incorporate some Brazilian tobacco, uh, blend it with some Nicaraguan tobacco and come up with what we call the spirit of Brazil. And, and this is on store shelves now, yes? It started, it started just now. I think this is the first show that we actually do to promote it. I want to make sure... Uh, this was the place, as you know, I love your show. I listen to it. I watch it every Saturday morning. My wife doesn't like it too much because I don't do shit during the morning watching the show, uh, smoking my cigar, and enjoying uh, my cup of coffee with your KMA, KMA, uh, 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 my cup. And uh, by the way, by the way, I had until maybe about a month ago, which I changed uh, the, the license plate on my car, it was KMA. Uh, this is how much I love the show. Now, now, how many different Vitolas is this offered in? This comes in four Vitolas, and it comes in a Robusto, in a Toro, and uh, the one that I'm smoking right now, which is the Magnum on 6560, but also, for the first time, we added the Fundador. It's a beautiful Lancero. You know, Lancero is a connoisseur side in the, in the first, in the number one, uh, 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 the spirit number one, we had it only as an event. Later on, we put it out uh, there. But on this one, right from the beginning, because people have been asking, uh, Fundador, the size, uh, Trinidad is, uh, is, a, is a Cuban brand, has been, uh, as a history, about 50-some years right now. And we just wanted to have fun. But that Fundador is, uh, is a classic side, uh, and it's something that the blend really, really... Uh, uh, you can taste the different aspects of the blend. But we use, uh, we were talking right before the show, we use an uh, Arapiraca wrapper from Brazil. That, you know, it's, it's a fantastic wrapper. Uh, uh, we fermented extremely well. AJ, this is a collaboration with AJ Fernandez. It's been 
uh, a producer the AJ factory, uh, San Lotano. And uh, not only we use that, but we also use a fantastic Habano grown in Brazil. The Habano seed from Cuba, as you know, have been grown in Dominican Republic, have been grown in Nicaragua, in even Ecuador, and uh, in Pennsylvania a little bit, and also in Brazil. And the really the the blending of those tobaccos with the with the Nicaraguan Habano just just is full of flavor. It's a medium to full blend, but it just has a tremendous amount of aroma. Uh, look at white ash like this. Look at that wrapper. It's beautiful, dark, oily, and uh, it's full of flavors. This is the only cigar. Maybe when you light it up, you're gonna hear some samba. You're gonna see some uh, <laughs> dancings, and you're gonna feel like you're in Brazil, like in the background <laughs> on your TV. Like <laughs> look what it causes. They give me the carnival. <laughs> well, you know, listen. In the in the north, it's very very cold today. You uh, know, it's, it's been cold this winter. Here in Florida, I posted a little video this morning. It was very windy here by the beach. But listen, we can be transported. If you're like me that couldn't go to, to Carnival this year, this is a perfect way. Put some music, relax, enjoy, listen, on, or watch the KMA light up at Trinidad Espiritu, and you'll feel new. Two quick questions for you, Lego. First off, uh, one of our dear socialites and, and fans, Tim Chi, who's listening to us from halfway across the world, wanted to know which size do you prefer best in this is it the one you're smoking now you know um i am not really a six by 60 um, um smoke i smoke mostly 52 54 at ring sizes in the fundador in this one is fantastic but we paid a lot of attention to the six by 60 it's a size that people really like and it's, it's been uh, trended a lot lately and we did a special blending for this one. And it has become my favorite on this brand. Yes, absolutely. Six by 60 Magnum. And the other question I have is Brazil Brazil is very well known for the Matafina. You know, um, that, that's the wrapper that, that it's known for. What made you choose the Arapitaca? We try we try the Matafina and the, and the Arapitaca uh, for this one. The Matafina is, uh, is a fantastic um, tobacco as well. Um, it's, it's less strong. It has less uh, stronger flavor than this. The Matafina uh, is, is just great. But this one we felt uh, with the process, the per, uh, fermentation process that AJ did on this, it really brings uh, the, the earthy uh, flavor and that uh, uh, dark rustic cocoa uh, flavors and notes to the cigar. So this is why we chose that. Okay. So... Um this is available at smoking.com, Alex. You said somebody said coming soon. It's already up there, Paul. It's up it's on smoking. It's up there. It's ready to go. We have a promo yep. through this weekend. Anybody watching this today and tomorrow, if you want to give this shot a try, you can get fifteen percent off on five packs or boxes. I'll just use the code KMA fifteen. If you want to snap that on the bottom somewhere, Paul KMA fifteen. That'll get you fifteen percent off this weekend only. If you'd like to try um, a box or a five pack, Raphael. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, a pleasure to see you, my friend. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for letting me talk to your listeners about the fantastic cigar we're doing. Thank you for the support. And again, congratulations for the amazing job that you guys did last week. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Rafael. Always good to have him on the show. Always entertaining. Always full of energy. Always full of energy. That is, yeah, that's true, actually. Maybe Great piano player, too. 
I see maybe next year we can get him on the piano. Yeah, he was when when uh, the uh, pandemic first started. I used to watch his videos because he would sit with a cigar and play piano just on live uh, Facebook. It was so like soothing and calming. I would put it. I would put my phone on and sit outside and you know putz around and pretend to be working, but uh, I, I, and listening think, to Raphael. I think what would be funny is because you know Petra is a pretty well versed piano player too. If we can get him and Petra to do dueling pianos. <laughs> Listen, man, it's one of my favorite things in the world to see. There's a place dueling in Disney piano. that does dueling pianos. It is the coolest night out, man. It's called Jelly Rolls. It's on the boardwalk, and it's been closed since the pandemic started. But that place is amazing. There's nothing like that. They used to have one in 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 Jupiter called Ninety Nine Keys or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, whatever oh. the number of piano keys in our piano, double it. That was the number of keys and eighty eight. 88 keys then yeah i i don't know if um if it's still there but it used to be pretty good because we used to live up there in jupiter i'm just picturing myself now because i mean during the great smoke i was all over the place making sure everybody was in their spot who was here get this ready now i can just see my heartache of making sure two not one but two pianos are in the right place at the right time <laughs> <laughs> well i got i have i have people actually if you need help with piano rentals They'll sponsor it guy, probably too. We had a guy years ago in the old West Palm store. God rest his soul. When Alva was still alive, uh, we had bought a baby grand piano into the courtyard. And we had this big event called "A Night Under the Stars" with Avo Lavisa. And Avo played. Oh, uh, that is cool. We got him a five-piece uh, accompaniment. It was a very cool night. I think I posted every now and then. You'll if you're if you're in our uh, the smoking Facebook socialite group. Um, I think I posted that night i think yeah i did I'll, I'll dig deep into the archives of my photos and post something from 15 20 years ago i think i made a post about it very cool well we got a jam-packed show so uh yep. why don't we get to our meet your maker absolutely Let's go. i want all of you to get up out of your chairs i want you to get up right now and go to the window open it and stick your head out and yell it's time to meet your maker And this week, with a storied past in the cigar industry, and I'm sure plenty of uh, behind-the-scenes cigar stories from all the places he's worked, we are pleased to be joined by uh, Mr. Jose Blanco of Arturo Fuente International. Welcome to the show, Jose. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Alex, uh, Good Paul, Good and, uh, and A. First of all, I want to take the opportunity to uh, thank all the hundreds of people while I was uh, in the hospital for 24 days for their prayers and thoughts. Also, if you think that COVID is the flu, take my word, it's it's not the flu. And the second thing is, I was talking to Paul yesterday, and I'm not saying this because I've known Abe for many years. What you, what you guys all pulled off last weekend, in my humble opinion, for what it's worth, was history in the making. Just to get all that going, could you say it was 100% everything correct? No. But in my rating, it gets a 95 plus, a big time, because it's not easy to do it live. We all know that. I think it was perfect. I think it was entertaining. And I think that uh, a lot of people, maybe you don't want to be stuck seeing it eight hours, 
But when you have time, see an amazing show. And uh, I think it's something that will go down in history. And after seeing that, like Gabe said, I don't want anybody calling me Soa. Congratulations <laughs> to Abe, Michael Herlock, Paul, Alex, the whole team. Thank it you. was amazing. And I'm not saying this to be, I'm not a bullshitter, straight shooter. It was great, great for the industry, great for the consumer, greater, great for the companies, and overall, great for our industry. Thank, thank you very much. You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm reading some of the comments, and I think one of the people things that people forget is this was live. This was seven and a half hours live with no breaks. And, you know, people don't – Tim McCabe said, is there a blooper reel? I mean, you saw the bloopers. There's, there was no cuts. There was no polish. Even the poor production guy says, I hear you have uh, live entertainment. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, when are we doing sound checks for the music? I'm like, sound checks? These guys are getting here like 45 minutes before they go on stage. We'll be in the middle of the show. There's no sound checks. So even the format where we did it was very unorthodox for the production team. And, you know, we had a commit. We had a, a, a magician mentalist who had a two-part two two act during the show. And our team was reaching out to everybody who was going to be live on set to confirm their makeup time and their broadcast time. And, and this is on Thursday, right before the show Saturday. And this guy sends an email back saying, makeup? What do you mean makeup uh, for the camera and the lights? Because isn't this a virtual event? And she's like, it's a virtual event for everybody else. You're performing in front of a live camera. And this guy, and the contract said it, and the guy didn't even realize it and then we had to spend friday filling in two entertainment spots before the show saturday i mean it was crazy but that's that's live you know you want to do live television it's you, you got to roll with the punches i mean we had that um that zoom thing that we thought was a great idea but it just <laughs> it went haywire but it was funny yeah, i mean we rolled with it and you know all, michael being awesome as he is just you know you know made 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 a good thing out of anything that kind of went sour so it was great. But, you know, more importantly, I'm glad to see you looking so good, my friend. I know we're going back and forth, uh, you know, texting and, you know, you're halfway across the world and you look really good. So that's good to see. The only thing that's happened, and I forgot to say, uh, uh, your daughter, I mean, which I haven't seen in years, and Alan, of course, I see him all the time. Also amazing. I think it was one of the highlights of the show. Uh, but, you know, going back, yes, I'm feeling great. The only thing is that I've been 60 days. After smoking for 55 years, it's been 60 days without smoking, so I'm almost climbing wow. up the walls. But the doctor this week said that I could start around the 15th of March. She said, because her husband is a big cigar smoker, start off one a day, kind of mild, and I'm going to, for at least the first week, one a day, then I'll move up to medium, and then I'll see. But uh, I'm just glad. Look, to be honest, I'm just glad to be alive and you know, working for a great company. And seeing you guys too. Well, we're glad you're doing well, my friend. Absolutely. So, so, Jose, you know, you're extremely well known, extremely well respected in the industry. Um, I, I, I think the your show, Meet the Professor, has gotten you out there. But, but give our listeners who may not be that familiar a little background on your history in this industry. Well, how many hours do we have for this? We got like three days. <laughs> No, no, I'm going to give the short version of it. Look, uh, my father was a political exile from Trujillo, who was in power for 31 years. So my grandmother, at the age 17, sent him to the States. He finished school there. 
went to the army, became a citizen, paid his taxes, and when Trujillo was killed, we came back. So growing up in New York, seeing my father smoking cigars all the time, and coming back to Dominican Republic, going to Hochi Blanco, my father's uh, cousin's factory, at the age of 14, 14 and a half, I started to smoke. My, mo my mother was not too happy with it. She found out and dad said, at the age of 16, you can legally smoke. But when I was 16, you know, he says, he brought me a little bundle of cigars in front of my mother. See, okay, 16 is going to smoke. And then he pulled me aside and said, I know you've been taking my cigars. So really after 18, 19, started smoking a couple of cigars a day. Then it was two or three, I mean, two, two or three cigars a week. Then it started every day. And then uh, smoking more and more, smoking cigars from all over. Then I worked for uh, Grupo Leon Jimenez that owned La Aurora. So I was smoking there a lot. I was on the smoking panel that in 1999, Guillermo's father, Guillermo, asked me to come over. I was there till 2011, sales director, master blender. Then I supposedly retired. Then I got a lot of offers from a lot of companies. And I, look, don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against big companies, but I've always believed in family-owned com uh, family business. So I went to work for Jodia Nicaragua two years as the senior vice president. Contract came up. I want to go to back the DR. My wife and I started uh, with Senoria. That was doing very, very good, to be honest, till the FDA came up with this thing of 2016. Uh, yeah, 2016, the date of August 8th. And when I saw all the things that the FDA wanted to do and all the testing and how much this was going to cost at my age, to really put five, $600,000 at risk. My wife continues with the business, but I said, I'm not gonna take this risk. Then I talked to Ernie. Ernie was looking for somebody. We agreed, worked for years with him. And then after that, my father who had died and left us business and land and DR. My lawyer that was my friend died and I had to make a decision to take, uh, or, or, August, September, October, November, to straighten everything out. Then I got, Carlito and I would always have dinner once in a while. In December, he invited me for dinner. We talked. Then in January, February, I started going to the farm, going to uh, the factory. And uh, he made we made each other a deal we couldn't refuse. And I was going back to live in Europe. And for those who don't know, I've been friends with Carlito, I mean, Cynthia, for many, many years with Carlito. So I feel like uh, to end my career, I'm doing it with uh, with with uh, people that I love, that I trust, that I admire. And uh, I've told Carlito, I think if I'm healthy and God didn't take me away with COVID now, I'll probably do it till 80. But after 80, I can't guarantee anything. Wow. So this is so you're still in the business after how many years ago so supposedly retiring? <laughs> I've I've retired three times. Look, and to be honest, the majority of people at my age, seventy-one, already are on a rocking chair or taking care of grandkids and things like that. But no, I just uh, it's in my blood. Even when I was in the hospital, I was doing my Facebook. I was uh, uh, reaching out to people, uh, all my clients. And all that. Not the first couple of days, because to be honest, the first four or five days, I thought I was gone. But after the seventh, eighth day, they took the oxygen away. And it was just taking care of me. I said, I'm going to be here for a while. And I know that Carlito's listening. And like I said, Carlito, and I'm going to say it public, I'm not doing anything after 80. So please, 
try to find somebody from when I'm after 80. They got a little bit of time left. You know, speak, speaking of Carlito, um, I, 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 I'd like to get a little your your take on your show, Meet the Professor, because, you know, Carlito likes to joke. He likes to say how he gets nervous around me, you know, and, you know. We all do. <laughs> Come on. It's the other way around. I get nervous when I'm around him. You know, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, around, I've had the pleasure of interacting with him now for almost a quarter of a century. And, you know, Carlito's, Carlito is one of my opinions of what I like to call very magical people in this industry, right? There's an aura, there's a spirit, there's an essence of what, not just about the cigars, but about like what I like to call the culture of the cigars and the, and the culture of, of the people in, in this industry. Because I, I've said it before, it wasn't the product that lured me to this industry. It was the lifestyle and culture. And one of the most beautiful things I think that happened last year was, you know, you, you didn't have to go to a trade show to hopefully run into him and be exposed to him or, or some major event or go to Vegas you know, he really opened himself up to the world. And I think a lot of people who normally wouldn't have access to getting to know Carlito and, and, and even Jeremiah and, and even yourself, I, I think it was a great byproduct of, of what everybody went through last year. How did that whole show come about, Meet the Professor? Well, to be honest, I got, you know, when Carlito and I talked, started to talk in January, February, I was supposed to travel. Anybody who knows me knows that I used to travel 35, 36, even 38 weeks out of the year doing seminars all over the world. So Jeremiah came up with the idea. And all of a sudden, he calls me up. What do you think of that? He calls on Carlito. So let's start doing the show. We try to do it every day, but then it came to a time. We figured out we're going to run out of people. Then we're going to do it on Fridays. Then we said, look, let's just do it on on Sundays. But the very unique thing about our show is that we do not promote our brand. What we try to bring in is uh, family-owned companies, people who have a story to tell, people who could add value to other companies, to consumers, to store owners. We've had we've had you, we've had Dave Garofalo, we've had Gary Pesch, we had Ken and Julie Newman last year, uh, last week. We've had Ernie on the show. We've had Hochi on the show, Don Alberto Turrain, George Brightman, which is, I mean, when you talk about somebody that knows cigars, I take my hat off to uh, George Brightman. I think if there's five great palates in the States, I'm not going to say George is number one or George is number five, but he's in, in my book and in the, in, in the book of many really true cigar makers, George Brightman's there. So we've had also Reinhold. We've had... Uh, Gordon Mott, but what we want people is to tell their story. Because Abe, I, and I've known you for many years, people see you with 10 shops, they did this virtual that you did, but like you talked on the show, you had to go through a lot of hard stuff. Look at all the things that Carlito and Don Carlos had to go through. Burn down in Nicaragua, they go to Honduras, burn down again, they go to DR, Nobody's opening up to them. They start with five or six rollers and look what they have created. And one thing that Carlito, since I've known him, I think it's now 34, 35 years, it's not about the money. It's not about cigar. It's all about people. You go to the Fuente factory, you're going to see people that have been there 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. 
you're going to see the sons of people who started with them working there. So you got to ask yourself, what is it? It's like I've always says, there's not successful companies. It's successful people that make companies great. Wow. I mean, I, I, I totally relate to that and I get it. And, and I think that's why your show has been so popular because that's the basic principle we started and, and, and how we run KMA. I mean, Paul used to give everybody the lowdown, you know, don't mention smoke in. Because you know, we started 10 years ago, or you know, we weren't as popular or as well known as we are today. So we just we wanted to run a show that was a show. So we traveled to other stores. We've been to Jeff's store at Corona. We've been to Paul Gross store in Michigan. We've been to um, uh, Draper's out in Washington D.C. We've been to Tampa at the Tampa Humidor. We we promote anything cigar centric. Anybody in the industry. We have manufacturers on who necessarily. We don't carry their brand as, as on the cigar side in, of our business. So we've always had that philosophy. Let's just make a show about a show, about a lifestyle, about what we like to share. And you guys do the exact same thing. You have your competitors on. You have retailers on. And I think that's what makes the show more legitimate because no one wants to watch an infomercial for an hour or two because that's what it becomes <laughs> otherwise. Right. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And I mean – uh, we've talked to people that in the beginning didn't see it, and now they're requesting like, what was the show with George, with uh, with Abe, uh, with Artol also. I mean, every show, it doesn't matter who's been on the show, people have complimented us, but they've also, also have learned. Because like I always say, unless you inherit billions of dollars, everybody starts small. So it's a history and everybody learns. And the other thing that I like when we have successful retailers on, and I've asked you that question, wh why do so many retailers fail? And it's different. The answer you gave or Gary Petch gave or Dave Garofalo gave, everybody gives something different. It's a great question. We have a uh, an Ask KMA question uh, for you, Jose, about the Meet the Professor show. Uh, how did the name come about? Where did the name Meet the Professor come from? Listen, uh, I got to give credit, and I know there's a lot of people that are on the show today. Look, people call me the professor, they call me the guru. That is all stuff. Look, I can name 20 people who know more about tobacco than me. The only difference is they're going to take that knowledge to the grave. <laughs> and whatever I know, I'm going to share. And to be honest, the person that many, many, many years ago gave me that nickname of the professor was my good friend, Matty Rock, that a lot of people know. So he always says to me, when I started working with uh, Fuente, he says, can I get like something free from Carlito? Because I was the guy that gave you the name of uh, the professor. So I'd stayed <laughs> for years and years, to be honest. But uh, I, like Carlito says, he's a humble cigar maker, born in a tin roof in, uh, in Tampa. I'm just a humble guy that if I've had the pleasure and the honor to meet some of the greatest minds out there. That is something, and I don't give, I give credit to myself, to Guillermo's father, to Carlito, Don Carlos, what I learned in Nicaragua, Benji Menendez, and I've had the opportunity to meet all the greats. Yeah, that's an amazing cigar, without a doubt. Actually, the first box, my first box purchase ever was a Don Carlos number two. And talking about that, uh, People ask me, anybody who's been on my seminar, 
uh, when I've been asked, what's the best rapper in the world? My personal opinion, it's Cameroon. True Cameroon, grown in Cameroon by the Merafev family. Now, you could go, the three of you could go tomorrow to Cameroon and start growing tobacco. And I will be the first one to say, Alex, Abe, and Paul are growing great tobacco in Cameroon. But you cannot call Cameroon something that's not grown in Cameroon. I'm not going to get into the details of people who say it, don't say it. But what is really Cameroon? It's a Sumatra seed that the Merafev family, well, before that was said, started to grow it there. The Merafev family in time have, have done a lot of things with it. But you can't call Cameroon something that's not growing Cameroon. If you take Cameroon, what are the characteristics of true Cameroon? You put it in your mouth, and you're going to pick up that sweetness of Cameroon wrapper. And then when you're smoking it, you're going to get those sweet notes and those spicy notes. But you take Sumatra seed grown in Honduras, Nicaragua, and Ecuador, it's going to be more earthy and spicy, and that's not going to have so much sweetness. Now, does that mean that it's bad? No. It's just different. You cannot call Cameroon something that's not grown in Cameroon. Like like Kentucky bourbon. Right. I didn't hear you. Uh, like like Kentucky bourbon. Exactly. Or champagne. Or champagne, yeah. There you have it. Now, you're currently in Macedonia? Yeah, in Skopje. I've been coming here for 11 years. We have anybody who's seen my uh, Facebook, I see me uh, feeding the ducks and the swans and the geese uh -huh. in the morning. I'll tell you, the geese are nasty. So we have a, a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, uh, apartment here. Uh, uh, we have a lake here, uh, a lot of security. A lot of people live here that uh, are pretty well off. People say, how can you live uh, where you live? And I said, well, Em and I are only really the poor people who live here. <laughs> I, I wonder if Risty Riavetsky has a family that lives around by you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, 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 I mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, Risky's, I think I saw him on the show. Yeah, he's, uh, he's from here yeah, and uh, He's a, he's a cigar geek. Yeah, he is. I'm 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 a big fan of Macedonia, oddly. You know, I uh I I have the let me see if I can get it. Being that I'm half naked, but I have the most famous Macedonian tattooed on my arm here. Uh Alexander, Alexander the Great. Alexander yeah. the Great, yeah. So I've always been a fan of Macedonia and the culture and the history. They were like the barbarians of the Greek worlds almost. It's a, look, it's only it's only two million people. It's a it's a great uh, little country here. Hardly any crime. You can go out anytime. Uh, you don't got a lot of stuff that like we that a lot of countries have to go through. But it's it's great. Uh, the food is great. The people are great. It's not a big cigar community, but you got there's some nice cigar clubs here, and it's picking up a little bit more and more. Nice. So it's it's great. It has a lot of history to it. Oh, my God. Randy Bush made the best comment. Alexander the goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Alexander the goat. Alex, I, I'm, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of you, but now uh, just move you up on the, on the top of the list. And it's not a Alexander the goat. It's Alexander the great. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Jose, how did you pick Macedonia to uh, to live? Where, how did that well, come up? Well, okay, I'll tell you. To be honest, my my wife, anybody who uh, who knows her well, her father used to be one of the heads of Swedish Match. So Emma, at the age of twenty four, started to work uh, with Swedish Match, and she was the head of sales and marketing from Macedonia all the way to Russia. 
So when she was living here, her father made some investments here. And then the investment, he just left this beautiful apartment. So we were coming back and forth and this. And then I've, I've always been a big fan of Europe. Uh, I love Europe a lot. I used to take vacations two or three weeks to come here. And uh, I like Greece a lot. I mean, she grew up, uh, even though she was born in Sweden, she spent most of all her life uh, living in France, part in Hungary, living in Macedonia. And I was, Is that her in the painting behind you? No, that's uh, that's one of the paintings of a uh, famous uh, painter called, uh, her last name is Lampika something there. She was Polish. So we have a lot of nice painting here. She likes, uh, she's the artist of the family. Okay. Well, very cool. Yeah, Macedonia, it seems like a, I mean, you know, I obviously from school, I know of Alexander the Great, but. I really, until we met Risty, I mean, I could tell you where it was on a map, but I couldn't tell you anything else about it. And being friends with Risty on um, on Facebook, he always posts his cooking and how it, this is real Macedonian cooking. And, the, you know, he's he's always uh, he's always pitching the culture, which seems like a, a really cool place. And uh, I'm a big fan of Europe myself, too. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Abe, you want to go to a break? Yeah, we got, we're going to go to a break. We're going to break now really quick. Up after the break, of course, we got our man, The Scoop with Coop. Uh, we got a Sane Asylum. We got the Tale of the Tape. So we got some fun stuff. Did, did our Salem, a Sane Asylum guest ever get back to you? Is it happening? Yeah, I spoke. I, well, I, it was going to be a surprise, but I spoke to him at 1030 our time. What was that? 630 his time. And he said he's, he's available now. And I said, great. We'll need you in an hour like we discussed last night. He said, okay, I'll stay awake. <laughs> Still 50-50, though, right? We might have I would very, say 50-50. We, have, we might have a very – for the first time ever, our our um, our focus of who of the insane asylum may actually be on the show. So stay tuned. We'll be back really quick. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments Monte Cristo has achieved since the brand's inception. This cigar comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupo de Maestros. It is a full-body Nicaraguan Puro that pays homage to the original tobaccos used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, all of which pair perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Oh, oh, hello. Uh, taking a little bit of a break from uh, KMA Talk Radio right now and uh, enjoying some Bonner Private Wines. This wine is uh, Sunal. And uh, it is from the third highest vineyard in the world. What that means is the grapes are under strain and uh, the flavor is just terrific. And of course, with your favorite tobacco, cigar, pipe, you know, it's a classy, classy, sophisticated way to enjoy some wine. As I take a sip now in the morning, it's okay. Well, I, Jose Blanco is in Macedonia, so it's Europe. So this is a perfect time to sip a little bit of wine. Want to tell you a little bit about Bonner Private Wines. 
KMA listeners actually get a discount. So if you go to kmawines.com or visit kmatalkradio.com and click the Bonner Private Wines banner there, you get a discount. And we could be enjoying this during KMA Talk Radio together. So if you want to live the refined life like we do here in my home in Wellington, Florida, I I would definitely love to uh, tell you to join us and uh, check out kmawines.com. I'm not only a sponsor, but I am also a member. My mic is in here. Paul, Paul getting creative in his segment there. He's, oh, I think the aristocrat. His Broadway, his Broadway background is fighting to seep through in these moments. <laughs> but, uh, that was interesting. Bonner Wise, actually, I enjoy it too. Uh, we've got some from the sponsors. So uh, if you're a wine person, uh, I, I definitely say it's worth a try. Give it a try. And if you go to do it, go to kmaywines.com. <laughs> yeah. Was that the dog? Was that the cat? Sorry, sorry. It ruined my whole segment. The dogs are. Your cat barks? So was it your cat barks? That's great. So your dog was not supposed to be a part of the segment. He just wandered in the room. She she has a an hey she has a problem. My dog. That's the one that's on Prozac, and she is um she is obsessed with me. So she has like separation anxiety and needs to literally be touching me at all times. So during the show, she's sitting on my foot during the entire show. I mean, she's just. She's a mental case. I love her, but oh my God. It, it, imagine having a two-year-old and a 10-month-old going crazy all day, and you're trying to work from home, and there's a dog sitting on your foot all day long. A 50-pound dog, by the way. She's, she just needs to be with me. She's what, she's what I wish my... There's, I said to my wife last night, there's got to be a happy medium between how much my dog loves me and how much my wife loves me. Like somewhere in there, because my wife keeps her distance from me, and the dog won't leave me the hell alone. So I'm like, like if you gave me even half of the affection that Nala gives me, this would be a perfect marriage. There's, there's, <laughs> there's an old, there's an old saying: uh, stick your your wife and your dog in the trunk of your car for 24 hours, and then come back and open the trunk and see which one still loves you. <laughs> I already know. If I, if I had to choose which one loves me more, I already know the answer to that. <laughs> one would dump me like that. It's because Stephanie is smarter. But listen, what you, need, what you need to do is get one of those, like, kid backpacks and just throw your dog in the back. Right. Right. There you go. She's she's 50 pounds. I can't do that. The little one I could do that with. The little one's the one that's barking. You need the exercise. Throw the dog up there. I do need the exercise. I hope uh, I hope that looked okay. I wasn't even – I, I want to look at the comments. So, oh, Cynthia Fuente is uh, is actually watching. Oh, thank you. Cheers, Cynthia. And by the way, I'm really drinking wine now. Which is what time is it here? It's uh, eleven o'clock in the morning, and I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our meet your maker segment. Enough about me. You know, I hate talking about myself. <laughs> well, you do. You do get credit on that commercial. I mean, they should send you an extra case of uh, wine for that one. We. You know what? We, I mean, we, I have purchased wine from them as well, but they have been very generous with us with the wine. And my wife's a, a, a sommelier, so it's actually very good wine, especially that Sonal that Abe and I have talked about on the air before. It really is a very good Argentinian wine, really, really good. And I enjoy it. We had it with steak the other night, so that's why the bottle is still open. That's, that's literally what's, uh, what's left from three bottles that we had here. 
Wow. Good stuff. So, Jose, let me, let me ask them, what would they do in Macedonia? Would they give a dog Prozac in Macedonia? <laughs> I mean, would, would any of your neighbors even consider giving a dog prescription medicine in Macedonia? Okay, who did that, Paul? Yeah, Paul, Paul's dog prescription drug now for I don't know how many years. Uh... <laughs> Jose's like, no comment. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say like, like you know, on our show, you know, people call up and ask us. Look, you know, one one of the great things about our show, you know, people send all these questions. You know, why does this manufacturer do this or do that or this or that? So, and and I've done it all my life when people doing seminars that I've done more than fifteen or sixteen hundred worldwide. When it's a catch twenty two question, I said, no hablo inglés. So right. on this case, I don't know what Paul's into, but. Uh, Prozac for a dog, you you have issues. <laughs> See, Paul, my my dad my dad sh my dad shakes his head whenever they're here and it's time for her pill because I just go over to the pill bottle and shake it and both dogs come running because they get a treat afterwards and she just she sits and literally opens her mouth for me to put the pill into her mouth and he's like I like I've disappointed him somehow you know when you're you know when your parents they, they don't say that they're mad at you or upset with you you can just tell that they're disappointed in you <laughs> I get that every time I give my dog a Prozac pill <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's disappointment or shame <laughs> might be a little bit of both I'd be a little bit yeah, in, in Macedonia they they would either they would probably just open the door and let the dog go out they'd just say listen you need Prozac go find go find help Probably. So, Jose, now you're you're in Macedonia, and obviously Fuente has a worldwide presence without a doubt. What, what what's your role on what you're doing um, over there? Are you uh, you know are you in the sales over there? Are you in the marketing? What, what, well, what, 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 well, what, in normal in normal circumstances. Well, in normal doing? was you know when we when I was started in March, and it's uh, next week is going to be my first year with Fuente. We already had mapped out traveling for about 25, 26 weeks. Uh, wow. Germany, Holland, uh, Lebanon, the Far East, uh, uh, probably China, Hong Kong, uh, Switzerland, which is a big market for us. But all of a sudden, all along comes uh, COVID and stops. So what I deal, even though on an everyday basis, like everybody who's seen, I get, I go to bed at 12 o'clock at night. I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I start calling people uh, in Malaysia, Singapore, uh, China, then I go to our African uh, or Middle East uh, customers. Then I do Eastern Europe, Western Europe. I still got to do some things with the States also. So I call up our distributors. I organize training seminars, blending seminars, tasting seminars, trying to open up our new markets. Because for us, it's not about every, – everybody knows every cigar that we make is so – we're in back order I don't know how many years since – I don't know, maybe the last 15 years we've been in back order and this COVID situation is making a little. What we want to have is, is presence, but we want to have presence with good distributors because I get calls from countries we're not in. I'm not going to say every day, but at least twice a week, I get an email or they send something to the office. So what do we evaluate when we want to do business? First of all, how many brands do you have? Or if you knew a distributor, what are you looking for? Because if you're just looking in to bring in brands and try to make money, with all due respect, you're not what we're looking for. We want to find people who are passionate about it. 
Of course, the bottom line is you got to make money, but you have to have that passion. And I've bumped into distributors that are really, really passionate. They're willing to do seminars. They're willing to do training. They're willing to uh, to do virtual with their customers. And then you have people that, well, you know, I'm going to think about it. I don't think people are going to like it. I'm not going to mention the country. We started with a with a country, and the first one was with eight people. The last time we did it, we had 40 people on the virtual, and all of them cigar geeks, and they inbox me. They want to add me to Instagram. They write to me on Facebook asking questions. Because to be honest, the more educated the consumer is, it is better for the retailer. The more educated that the retailer is, it's going to be better for the distributor. Now you're, you're traveling many countries in Europe, and and you know we got a good question from my dear friend Kirk Kendall. He, he wants to know how many languages do you speak? Oh, I only speak. Uh, I, I barely speak two. Now my wife and everybody who knows her, she speaks five and a half because she says she doesn't know Russian. But every time we meet with Russians, even some that live here, it's always <laughs> so you know she speaks Russian, even though she says she doesn't. <laughs> Jose, where would you say your where would you say your biggest presence is in Europe? Germany. Germany. Really? Germany. And, and, and so people understand. Of all the cigars made in the world, we estimate sixty-five percent of them are consumed in the United States. And for many years, Spain was the number, the second biggest consumer of cigars in the world. And because of the economy and Spain and all that, now Germany. Is the high, is the second highest consumer of cigars in the world? Probably go to uh, to uh, Spain, number three uh, still. But I can tell you one thing: the European market has changed so much because of the presence of uh, what they call New World cigars or the non-Cubans. Because right. look, I don't want to get into the theme of uh, of Cubans and that, but when you're paying 25, 30 euros for a cigar that doesn't draw. I mean, it has a. <laughs> Kids don't listen, huh? Yeah, he's uh, he's. Story story of my life, Jose. Yeah, well, <laughs> I got an eight-year-old that thinks he's fifteen, but. Uh... That's great. <laughs> it's great. I, I, no, it's me. funny because when we have our KMA meetings, Abe actually does the same exact thing to Paul. So. <laughs> <laughs> And you know the worst I, thing to I be honest, could... The problem is, look, with all these virtuals, he was like a month and virtual. And then yeah. in his class, there was a kid that got it, and they did it for 15 days more. And to be locked up, I mean, it isn't easy. And right. you everybody remembers the movie Back to School with Ronnie Dangerfield. That's what Em and I feel. We're back to school. I mean, they're asking a, a kid that's in second grade things that we gotta look at each other and say, what is it? We don't get it. Right. As, as long as you don't attempt a triple Lindy, we're fine. <laughs> wow, what a reference. Yes. That's nice. Great movie, by the way. Yes. People, are, you know, it's funny. We know you're old because I bet you like half our audience is Googling triple Lindy right now. <laughs> well, if they want, they just got to go and see uh, uh, Back to School. It was a Absolutely. great movie. Great movie. I mean, yeah. Uh, and you know the funny thing about it that sometimes I have time and I go to YouTube and there's two things that are really cracking me up. It's the all the Dean Martin roasts 
And, uh, all, I mean, the, the stuff that's said there, you can't say it today. You can't Absolutely. even say today the Jeffersons. You can't say uh, All in the Family, Archie Bunker, uh, uh, Sanford and Son, even Barney Miller. Those things are, you know, you can't say it today. So these, uh, if you really want to have fun, you have like 15 or 20 minutes, just go YouTube, put in D. Martin Rose, and you're just going to laugh crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Classics. Classics. Absolutely. Uh, so we now have um, ready to go is our correspondent, Abe. Oh, is Coop available? Are we yeah. going to guess what room he's in? We could do that. Oh, let me see where he... Oh, well, I don't know if it's fair to do it this time because, um, because Coop... I can say this. He's, he's traveling. So it's oh, not fair because he's not at his house. There so it's go. probably not fair to have people guess. Yeah, well, let, let's get him on. Did we lose Jose? No, no, no. He's here. He's still here. Oh. There he is. There he is. All right. Well, let, let's, I, get our man, let's get our man Coop on and see what's the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Here at first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Live from an undisclosed location, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, Mr. William Cooper. Coop! Hello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, Coop. Hey, Jose. Coop, can you tell us where you are? Um, I'm not ready to say where I am, but I did take a personal trip this week um, far. Um, it's a very social distance trip. So I'm not visiting people. I'm not visiting shops. Uh, but I did. This is my first time I'm on the road in 12 months. And uh, it, 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 I was telling people it's different because one thing I, like, I had to get used to is driving at night. I haven't driven at night in a year. So that was just like, <laughs> and it's weird when you don't do that for a while, how difficult it is. Um, but it is, it is a personal trip that I did. I'm going to talk more about it next week. Um, but it's not related to my day job or anything. It actually is more uh, some some just some downtime, and I'm not in Florida, is what I'll say. Are so. you are you in another country or are you in within the states? I'm in the states, and I'm in another time zone, so it's nice. a lot earlier here. Well, Cooper, this is you weird. Are, what? You should stay there because this is the best audio and video we've had from you in weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had I had to actually find a. I, I actually do have a smoking hotel room. Um, nice. And I had to find a hotel room that I knew had internet connection, um, so I, I, I did shift there. Nice. But I'll talk more. Like I'll, I'll talk a little more next week. Uh, on, there's reasons why I don't want to talk about it this week, but I'll talk more next week uh, what, about this trip for sure. That's that's almost hey, you're not going to give him. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. Well, yeah, problem, that the, is the, a teaser. The, the problem is the problem is I'm not seeing anyone, and I'm on a social distance trip, and I, I don't want to be saying no to everybody where I am. Because right, right, the second right. I say it, that's where the problem's going to be. And I, I, I don't want to tell, but, you know, right now I am social distancing. Um, so this is very much uh, a, lone, a lone wolf trip. Are you wearing oh, the old kid may hat? This is the uh, one I just got. <laughs> this was sent in the package with the T-shirt. I swore we made Blue Wave hats. Maybe we didn't. I got Did the Blue we? Wave shirt. Sure. No, you have, but I don't have one either. Oh, wait, Paul, you, uh, okay, Paul's got, okay, Coop's got the new one. Paul, you're wearing the old one? Paul's wearing this the old one. This is the original hat? 
right. Poop has the middle hat, and then you did a blue wave one as well. But I haven't. They, they, I don't they have sent, that one. Sent Coop the wrong hat. You gotta love my team. <laughs> I'm happy they gave me the hat. I love the hat, so uh, yeah, it's we good. Want to blue, we want to get you the blue wave hat. We'll get you. The I blue love the blue wave hat. logo, by the way. It's fantastic. Thank I can't believe you're not giving Coop more shit about this, Abe. That he what? can't tell us where he is. Dude, I get it. He's a nice guy. He, he doesn't want to tell a bunch of people, you know, I can't see you and whatever. I get it. No yeah, I'm not going to shops. It's not like I'm visiting people. Uh, you know, I was, I'm, I'm staying on like first floors of hotels, so I don't have to get in the elevators. It's literally, I'm, I'm taking a lot of, I've, I've been double masking and stuff like that. Um, yeah, good for you. So, yeah. Everybody's got to stay in their comfort zone, man. I, I respect yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, I really want to thank you because um, shockingly, you know, I we didn't get a lot of, you know, like people who actually wrote or talked about TGS afterwards. And you wrote one of the coolest uh, and, and very professional uh, stories afterwards talking about it and the significance of it. And I appreciate that. And I didn't even know you were going to do that. I read it for the first time after you made the post. So thank you very much. Hey, uh, you know, look, you're welcome. And, you know, again, I can echo what everyone else has said. Jose said it. This was historical. And and to see this for our industry was was fantastic to pull off seven and a half hours of of transitions. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you, you mentioned there were no bloopers. And I was like, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, there were no there were no bloopers. I mean, the Zoom thing I get was was complicated. And look, I know you. You're going to look at this and say we could have did this better, this better, this better. Yeah. But when you look at the pluses versus the minuses, I mean, it's 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 way in the plus end. So um, I'm I'm proud of you. Uh, I had no doubt that you can pull this off, but to see it come together the way it did was was really really something special. And uh, I enjoy yeah. I enjoyed it. I I actually uh, listened to the thing a second time. Um, on my drive, so I've actually now watched or heard the production twice. Well, um, thank you very, much. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. I mean, look. All right, hold on. I'm taking notes here. It's an eight. It's probably an eight-hour drive or a seven and a half-hour drive. Okay, I'm doing a radius <laughs> yeah. around Coop's neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we we hashtagged I and mean, we 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 used the tagline from day one, making history, be a part of history. So you kind of put undue pressure upon yourself when you when you kind of kind of go balls out and make a statement that way. So we we had to make sure we lived up to it, and I think we did a good job. So yeah, that people, being said, yeah, it was great. People were happy. Yeah, yeah. I have an yeah. I have an idea for Paul and Abe and uh, Alex. Why don't you guys, with comments, give some sort of a prize or something if people can guess. Where Coop has been, the guy who's the closest to it, maybe give him I don't know a five pack of of something I don't know, or give him a. Well, we got, I got to know the answer. I got to know the answer. I, I, Jose. I, I, yeah, but well, well, I'll, you get, I'll give you. It? I'll give you. I'll give you the answer. I'll give you the answer privately. Yeah. and then we could talk about it next week. But yeah, I, I will huh. do that. I am willing I to think do that. That's a good idea. But I think well, I then think Coop, really, I think Coop has publicly kind of mentioned what he was doing on this trip, which. It's going to tip some people off. I, read, I I didn't want to say it now, but I think you said what you were doing, you know, on this trip. Have you I mentioned it? I of some of his not, affairs? Not really, not really, but the people who know me kind of know what I like to do. So, All right. Well, uh, and wait, and are, I, are we going state or cities here? Because state's pretty broad. Uh, let's go a city. Let's go city. Right. Let's go city. Uh, a guy about a horse. 
Now, do you want to know where I am now or where my destination was? Oh. Okay. Oh, oh, so you're not, you're not, you're, so you're on your way back or something now? Um, yeah. No, we're a destination. No, where your destination, destination was. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And if people know, uh, I was at one of my favorite places to go to. Coops on okay, the land. Okay, hold on. I think I got a better idea. And it's not Florida. I mean, for you, I'll tell you that. For you, to pick, for you to pick up a city or a state's very easy. To be the winner, you got to name three cities where he's been through. Something that's like hard. that. Wow. That's hard. That's hard. Well, okay, let's make it two cities then. I know where Coop is. I know where he went because he did. No, I Hold on. I know now. Just saying, Jose, Jose's house is kicking over KMA. So, <laughs> so you want them to get two cities or they could take two chances and be right out of one? I, I got lost here. No, well, he wants to them to name cities. what cities he's gone through. Two oh, no, cities at least. Hard. That's too hard. That's, That's hard. hard. That's going to be very hard. The one city is going to be hard. City, I think they'll get the statement. But the city, and if nobody gets it right, it'll be Paul's job to scroll through the 500 comments and find <laughs> the, the city that's closest to it. Yes. Coop, have you, has anybody guessed it right yet that you've seen up on the screen? Uh, I haven't seen the screen, but let me look because I have, I have a okay, set up here. It's okay. It's okay. We can look at it later together, yeah, and we can decide who said it first. So here wait, we go. Wait. Don't worry about it, Coop. Yeah, there are well, people. I know where you close. went, though. I know there where you went. Warm. There are people place. warm. Yeah, it's it's not Florida, though. I'll tell you that. It did not go to Florida. So, all right, Coop, tell us what's the scoop this week. Um, so there was some. There's actually most of the news was more industry specific as opposed to product specific. Uh, the big news came out on Wednesday that I think it was a question that was answered is the TPE trade show. Um, it was announced that the TPA trade show is going on as a in person event. Um, as scheduled, it's going to take place on May 12th. Um, the TMG, uh, Tobacco Media Group, which runs the TPE, uh, based on some decisions that came down from the Nevada governor, TPE's taking place in Las Vegas, they feel comfortable enough with his reopening plan that they're going to be able to get the TPE show in. So they're going, they made an announcement. It's going full steam ahead at this point, And uh, they're going to be taking a lot of – I thought it was really good. They have a lot of precautions that they're going to have. Um, it's going to be a different type of trade show for a lot of us um, who go because um, you're basically, while they'll be smoking on the trade show floor, it's only going to be in designated areas for the most part. Not, And you're not going to be able to walk around with a cigar. You're going to have to wear masks during this. The exhibitors are going to be able to smoke in their booths. So it's going to be a little different. They're going to be implementing things such as temperature checks coming in. So... Um, we're gonna. It's gonna. It looks like this will be the first major event that the cigar industry is gonna see, if everything goes according to plan. Now, it's the first major industry event. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, TGS aside, I know you had uh, you had about forty to fifty people, but right. this one, uh, you know, this is something that's gonna be in the hundreds right now. So, do you do you, do you see this as a? Uh, a, a pathway or a glimmer of hope for the PCA now? Absolutely. I think the question, I think now, if TPE happens, PCA is happening. I got a $5 sign bet with somebody about it. I got to start keeping track of these. Yeah, you have it with Eric. You have it with Eric. We, we, Eric and I were talking about that. Eric Gutterman, that's right. Yep. yep. Let, me, let me write that down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Look, if yes. TPA happens, I don't see any way PCA just cancels this thing at this point because of all that's on the line. 
Um, unless something changes and Nevada starts to close back up things again or tightens the rules around conventions. So I think we're going to see both trade shows this year based on this decision. There you go. There it is. Got to put that on my monitor so I don't forget. GPU's yeah. <laughs> kind of taking a risk here. I mean, I, to be the first one, you know, it's kind of it's got to be a little bit scary. I wouldn't want to be the first one to jump out that's, there. That's one of the reasons why we moved forward, right, in the digital format because you know Florida was opening up. <laughs> Excuse me. Florida was opening up, and um, we had to make a decision early on. And, and you know, look, the way it was looking, it was a possibility that we could have an event. And we might be able to have an event. But, you know, we didn't want to be the first person to put our toes in the water and see how a mega multi-vendor event was going to go either. Right. So we just figured it was safer. And honestly, after the multitude of emails that we got from everybody all over the world, all over the country, who said, yeah, there were some from international, too, who said, I've never been able to fly down. I can't really afford to come to these type of events. There's no none of these kind of events in our, our area. And for us to be able to watch for seven and a half hours and participate in this was amazing. And, and we hope you continue to do it. And um, it's one of the reasons why moving forward, we're going to look a, a way to incorporate the virtual aspect into our um, annual event, even if it, we still you know, go back to doing it physically in 2022. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea to do that because I think it will really expand the experience that you have with TGS. But, you know, someone has to be the first, I guess, with uh, for these trade shows and meetings to get back. So, I mean, TP, they're taking a shot with it. There's no question about it. I, I was pleased that they have a plan at least for um, doing this. I have not made a decision if I'm going yet or not. To be honest, I'm not going to go unless I'm vaccinated. So that that's a big that's a big one right there. Uh, before I consider it, I'm not vaccinated yet. That's fair. But you did reveal, you did reveal last night on uh, on Smoke Night Live with Eric uh, Master Sensei that you did buy your tickets for the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival, right? I signed up for it. So what I did is we okay. had a media opportunity to sign up. So I haven't bought any plane tickets yet. Um, but they, they did put in, extend an invite out to some members of the media. They've been great. They've been trying to get me for years, so I have signed up for that. But, again, everything's going to be dependent on me being vaccinated in the whole current situation. Um, if I didn't go to TGS, uh, if it is, it's the same for Rocky Mountains. I'm certainly not getting on a plane to go to Rocky Mountain. So Interesting. So what else you got going on? Anything else in the news this week? Y yeah, so uh, there's a couple of things around uh, the FDA. Uh, the first thing is when there's a new session of Congress that happens, uh, they have to get a new set of bills in uh, for things they've been trying to push through the legislator. So every two years we see the bills come in for the exemption uh, for premium cigars from the FDA regulation. And this week the Senate bill went into place. It was uh, put in by Marco Rubio to uh, basically it's the legislation to put the uh, exemption in place. That wasn't unexpected. People expected Marco Rubio to do that. Um, I think a lot of the expectations, and if you probably talk to Glenn Loop on this, he, he would uh, concur that um, when they put this in place, it, they, yes, they would like to get it passed, but it serves another purpose. It kind of keeps awareness going on. It, it keeps members of the legislature, enga legislature engaged with uh, the fight for an exemption because we still don't have an exemption even though some things went our way last year. 
And, you know, Jose and I have talked a lot about this. This fight is far from over. So we can't rest on the laurels yet. And that's a key thing to just keep that message alive in Washington because things could turn back against the industry in the next couple of years, too. Uh, you know, kudos to uh, Mark Rubio because he, he really hasn't let up. You know, he hasn't been a fan and say a few things and he goes away. He, he's constantly been on supporting the premium cigar business. He has, and I think he's done a very good job, you know, at that. I think he's one of the guys definitely committed. Uh, obviously, he has a lot of interest in his backyard on this. Um, mm -hmm. So he's going to – and that's important to do that. And he has been a big proponent for this, which I think is, is very good. You know, I did notice that the co-sponsors that came on, though, it wasn't bipartisan like the last time. So they got some work, I think, to reach across the aisle on this now, especially with some of the new members of the Senate. And we'll have a House bill. We expect the House bill to come into play in the next few weeks as well, to have that with the House of Representatives. Now, who's – maybe you know I've kind of been a little bit out of the loop the last month, few months. Who's working on this now that Glenn Loop is kind of retired and stepped down? It's, that's really a good question. You know, as far as CRA goes right now, I think Robbie Levin's running that piece. So I think the board of directors is kind of certainly working on that end. One um, second. Robbie Levin after? Yes. Yeah, he's running the CRA right now. He's a, is he really? Well, that's who's in charge. He's, he's always been uh, the chairman. Um, so now that they don't have an executive director, the board is taking on more responsibilities with this right now. Wow. Okay. But, but on the PCAN, they have Joshua Habarski, and Glenn Loop is working with Joshua in a, in a consultative role. So from the PCA, it's getting represented from, from those two guys. But I think ultimately, there's, and we'll talk about this next story in a bit, you know, there's a lot going on with the lawyers and the lobbyists right now for sure with this. So they're going to have to continue to work for the organizations. It should be interesting. All right. Yeah. Anything else going on? Uh, yes. Yes. So the other story is happening on the uh, the judicial end, and the judicial end I think is important because that's where the industries had the most success. Um, there was an, an injunction filed this week by uh, the trade associations, uh, and they're calling for Judge Meta to throw out the uh, the deeming rule. So, you know, they got some wins as far as some of the warning labels go. There were some wins as far as substantial equivalence. And as a next part of the process, now they're they're calling for the judge to just completely throw this out right now. Um, you, you know, and, you think it's got any shot of happening? I think it's a long shot. I think, long I think shot, that's a long right. because if you look at this judge's record, he's kind of always gone by the law. And if you look at the he's you know in terms of whether this is legal or not, and although he's looked at things that, and thrown things out that he thinks you know might have violated portions of the law, I don't think he's ever felt the FDA's uh, completely operated outside of the law. So I think that's going to be an interesting scenario. I'm hoping, you know, that we have a shot at that. There's a lot of legal fees that are going to be involved with this type of fight right now. So um, they must feel they have, the industry must feel they have a shot to take at this point um, to do that. So, and we've had the most success with, with the judiciary branch right now. That would be interesting to see. I was kind of really hoping, especially on his way out, that, you know, the former president would have uh, done an executive order, done something on his way out, but it never happened. I think I think a lot of us in the cigar industry for, the, the you know, the last four years really thought that this could have been a chance at least 
to have somebody on the executive end with friendships with guys like, you know, Schwarzenegger and Giuliani, that uh, maybe something may have happened, but it didn't. You know, I know these things take a long time, but ultimately we have to look at the four years as a missed window that happened here because we had a president say what you want about the president i'm not going to get into a political debate but he had a very anti-regulatory agenda and this was something right up there that and it just felt like we never got that message out from the white house on that um that, that something could have been done so now i mean this you, is gonna you know be I, I don't know if that's true uh coop because you know, look giuliani is a regular in our stores and he sits and talks with the patrons he's been here he's met my family he's invited me and my family me and my wife over to mar-a-lago he knows what's going on he's on the front and he's and you gotta believe at some point you know the conversation that came up um the, the, the trump sons are good friends w with the guys over at gurkha um one of the sons so it, it was bought and you gotta believe that the course of four years it was bought to the family's attention now my assumption was look it's it's not a great topic and it probably wouldn't have been done um had he won the election again you know it might that might have been like a you know you know the pardons you write before you you leave office you know but i thought that would definitely have been a move before he left office and it just never happened i ain't gonna lie i was a little disappointed yeah, I don't know. You know, I think there was interest in helping the industry from the folks you mentioned. Certainly Giuliani's interested in the cigar industry, but commitment to do it, that's another story. It becomes a different animal. Um, there's a lot of uh, political ramifications that start to hand when you start to do stuff like that. And that's, I think, where ultimately no one stuck the neck out to make that happen. I that's what I'm saying. If, if you're going out, if you're checking out anyway, why not at that point? Yeah, it's 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 a little baffling to me. You're you're right on that. That that, but you know, I don't know. I it's hard to say what was done in those last days, those last ninety days, those last hundred and twenty days, whatever. Um, we you know we just don't know. So to say they did or didn't, I don't know. I I'm, I'm assuming that the there was efforts made, but it didn't. In the end, the result didn't happen. Yeah, I really had a little belief in my heart that we might have just had a nice little hail mary at whatever point he was going to check out. And it just, yeah. Yeah, because the Obama administration is what gave the FDA legislation over premium cigars. You know, I mean, it's it's nothing an executive order couldn't have overridden and removed that power of their their authority there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that's true. Uh, but it's also, you know, what I've kind of discovered, and I think a lot of people discovered it's it's harder to unturn a law that was passed to to, to repeal it. It's harder than passing the law, is what you find out. Hmm. And right. ramifications it's, if you do that. Yeah, so I, I agree with you, but um, I don't think it was an easy task they had. I don't think this was a, a slam dunk. I think there was a, it was a difficult task to do it. And certainly, I think the effort was made, for sure. Interesting. What else? Anything else going on this week, Coop? That's it. I mean, those were, the, those were the stories I had for this week. All right. What do you got coming up on your 80 episodes this week of Cigar Coop? <laughs> Uh, we're going to have on, uh, on Thursday, we have on the, uh, the Viva La Vida guys. Uh, that's a brand of cigars being made out of AJ Fernandez's factory. These guys have, uh, they used to own Cigar Inn in New York. They've had a lot of traction. They're going to be on the Thursday show. Um, and then on, we're also doing our primetime jukebox music show on Monday, and we're going to be previewing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. Now, for our listeners who aren't too familiar, what is primetime jukebox episode? So um, 
this was a show that started in Australia by a guy named Dave Burke. He had a show called Cigar Jukebox, and the idea was he was uh, just bringing the world of cigars and music together. Um, and Dave got a good following. He produced over 200 episodes, and I, I actually was on a lot of shows and contributing. And then it was very hard for Dave to run that show out of Australia uh, from getting products to scheduling was a nightmare, and he was going to shut down the show. And I went to Dave. I said, Dave, what if I come in and bring – I help you out. We bring this show in, and we make it part of the Primetime family. And he was all in on it. So we rebranded the show Primetime Jukebox from Cigar Jukebox. Uh, we've done – this is going to be our 32nd episode. We do two shows a month. And it's, it's, it's gaining a following. We've had, uh, we've had some really uh, good guests. Uh, the most notable guest we had on was uh, a guy by the name of Rick Nielsen, one of the founders of the band Cheap Trick. So we had a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer on. Uh, we did that show back in May, and uh, got, Fancy. got a and he's a big cigar guy, Rick Nielsen, got a huge amount of <clears throat> hits on that show. Uh, the Cheap Trick community was so great. About, I didn't know how they were going to receive a cigar show. They couldn't have been better about it. So that gave us a, a nice boost on the music end of things because we got people tuning to that show who aren't necessarily cigar fans. Um, it's a fun show to do, um, and uh, it's a little bit like I said, it's not it's not, it's not the hardcore industry show that the other shows are. This one, like I said, it's more focused around music. All right. So I'm trying to read the comments. Everybody's wondering whether Saka got his coin or not. I guess Saka made it. Babe, that's your best promotional idea you've done since The Great Smoke. Listen, that, that was wasn't a, an idea. That was, listen to me. Hold on. That wasn't, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. That wasn't a promotional idea. Steve Saka... I was busy during the day. Yeah. Goes on this rant about how he wants a coin and how he deserves a coin. And, you know, I, I, I take it in the beginning like, all right, we're having fun. He's kidding, right? Right. And then, you know, he, he's texting me. And I call him because I'm not even sure, you know, he's serious or not, you know. And he's screaming, I want my heaven coin. I, I said, Steve, why don't you just ask him one? What's going on? And he really wants a coin. And, and trust me, in no universe is Steve Saka really going to, you know. Some people, I got PM'd yesterday. Everybody thought like we were seriously fighting, you know. But in no, in no universe is Steve Saka holding orders. But he wants coin. He wants you know, a coin. And, and he wants a coin. And, and it's funny because my response to him was like, why do you want one of my coins? And, and he goes to me, well, you want a soccer squatch? And I said, yeah, because your face isn't on it, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so we just, you know, we, we just rolled with it after that. So I'm, I started seeing all the people in our, in our socialite group, and a lot of them have been very patient. It's a process, right? A lot of them have been very patient. It's been a process. We're getting them out there. It's kind of nice to see them land all over the place every at once a month, and, and it's coming out. And, you know, Steve wants to jump to beginning of the line, you know, the head of the line. And, you know, so I was <laughs> a lot of our socialites were endorsing it because they're all been patiently waiting. So then I just started making a video. It wasn't even planned. Alex sees me going live. He walks in here on his own and it, it just kind of naturally blew up. So, you know, he overnighted him a coin. I'm pretty sure 1130. I don't know what FedEx's time is, but he should be having it soon. And, uh, uh, you know, I promise you, uh, it should be an interesting post when Steve gets his uh, blue envelope. Can't wait to see it. I can't wait it, to see it. What is it, Steve, down in Florida right now? 
Or is he back? No, he left. He's back. Okay, he's back. Yeah. Okay, because I saw him. I thought he was at Florida a couple of nights ago. At, at he, he was. He was. He if he posted his la the last video that he posted, you'll see he's all bundled up with his little driver's cap on and right. and a jacket. He was he was back up in New Hampshire. So he, <laughs> oh man, people listen. People were going nuts about it last night. They, oh, they uh, it made for some of the best entertainment I had all week. Because I, yeah. I mean. Not by Steve. I'm talking about by the people. Yes. I mean, the the, the the people posting and whatever. It was hilarious. Then Pete Johnson got involved. He got somebody else's picture. There were video. there the were petitions. Pete Johnson has not received the coin. No. But there were literally there were two petitions made. The first there petition were. I saw one of them. was yeah. for Saka to get a coin, and then there was an anti-Saka petition to not get a coin. It was incredible. <laughs> okay. Stay strong. Stay strong, everybody. Very good. Very good. Good old Asia. Asia, you have little faith for a Habibi, man. I swear to God. Sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's disappointing. And technically, yeah. Abe didn't give him the coin. One of his employees, while Abe was, they knew better than to bother Abe, went and FedExed it overnight for $70. <laughs> $70? Yeah. FedEx. It was $70 to overnight it. And by the way, just so everybody knows, when I did offer, when, when Alex did offer to, to send them one, he demanded that it be overnighted and be there by Saturday. Demanded. Yeah. Yeah. All you soccer fans and, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve, a coin. No, it wasn't good enough that Alex, to mail him a coin, to drop it in the mail like every other human being. He wanted it overnighted, $70 Alex paid. Wow, yep. good for you. Yep. Abe would have Abe would have sold him. Abe would have sent him like an elephant turd or something from one of those websites. <laughs> yeah, here's your coin. Open it up. Enjoy. All I can oh, say God. is stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. That's all I can say. I I know my peeps. Oh, they know how to do things right. Stay tuned. Very good. Very good. So that being said, should we hop on uh, the tail of the tape? Is it at that time? It's about that time. Oh, hold on. All right. Forgot about uh, yeah, we, we got this weekly thing going on. We got to see who's next on the all-time uh, top 10 Hall of Fame. All right, here we go. I can't hear Alex. Hello. No. Okay, sorry, Coop. You're on okay. My number eight pick, top ten boxers all time, is actually Coop's number nine pick, Jack Johnson. Uh, we talked about last week where um, Johnson was the first black heavyweight of uh, all time. This week, I want to focus on a specific event. Jack Johnson was um, part of what was dubbed the fight of the century, and this was against Jim Jeffries, the former heavyweight champion who uh, retired undefeated. And it's hard to understand. There's probably nothing in sports that can gauge the magnitude of what this fight was. Um, obviously, Jack Johnson came out on top, and this caused race riots. Um, interesting fact, Congress actually passed a law banning the interstate travel of fight footage to try and quell race riots due to this fight. Coop, go ahead. I know I'm a little over time. No, that's a very good point you made. Uh, that was a huge fight. So it's kind of ironic because... 
Alex and I flipped picks. Uh, my <laughs> number eight pick was his number nine, and that's Julio Cesar Chavez. And the dominance of Chavez uh, should not be understated. The guy won his first 87 fights in a row. So, I mean, how many people fight 87 fights in this career? This guy's won 87-0. and 0. Uh, He won titles at three divisions. Uh, he's just everything I've heard sonify as a pound-for-pound pound fighter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Chavez was like, uh, you know, one of those guys that had that aura of invincibility when you watched him fight, you know. Yeah, and when he lost, when he started losing the fights later in his career, he lost two to De La Hoya, who was, um, you know, at that point, De La Hoya was, was – about to take that mantle as pound for pound guy, so sure, sure, yeah. But so, in yeah. fairness, in fairness, I think most agree that he did lose that fight to Pernell Whitaker, which they scored a draw. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. That was controversial. No doubt, he, that which was, was his eighty seventh fight. I mean, it wasn't like that happened at forty. This guy went eighty seven and zero dominantly uh, before Pernell Whitaker, which he scored a draw. Yeah, exactly. To- totally true. Well, so there you go. There are the standings right now. I like yep. this little. Uh, Tally thing. Yeah, man. It'll be interesting to see as it goes up. So tune in next week to the Tale of Tape to see who makes number seven. Now, those of you back from your bathroom breaks, it's time to see who the <laughs> Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. Okay, everybody, this week's Insane Asylum once again hits close to home. This week's inductee really went the extra yard, you could so so speak. Uh, with five minutes left in Super Bowl 55, a fan made his way to the field wearing a pink mankini. Is that a word, or do we just write that into the script, mankini? Um, black it's shorts. a word. All right, mankini, black shorts, and tennis shoes. Later identified as Yuri Andrade. The fan had a pretty successful run as far as streakers go. He made it to the field, got some photos taken of himself in his outfit, and blazoned. What's that word? Emblazoned. Emblazoned with the name of an adult website and evades security long enough to interrupt the game. Almost scored a touchdown. He even got a fantastic call from the legendary play-by-play man, Kevin Harlan, who was broadcasting the game over radio. Andrade not only had made it onto the field, but also claimed to have done so after placing a $50,000 wager that Super Bowl would have a streaker, which would bring in a whopping $374,000 in winnings. However, even though the bet was spread across several accounts with different people, it appears that anyone with prior knowledge to the sun, to the stunt, will be receiving a total of $0. Congratulations, Yuri, Mr. Streaker. You streaked for free, we guess, but at least you entertained yourself and millions of others. You are, without a doubt, this week's inductee into the Cigar Insane Asylum. And from what I understand, do we have Yuri live? We oh do. God, Here is you. Yuri Andrade. There he is. Wow. What's up, my fellas? man? What's what up, man? So, uh, Yuri, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. There good, we go. good. So we want we need to confirm is is this story about the wager that was made is that true? Yeah, the story's true. 
hundred percent. But uh, the false reports afterwards saying that I didn't get my money is false. I mean, uh, Bovada didn't pay me. Bovada only owed me like seventy-five in that bet. So, but the rest was done in Vegas. We flew a guy out at nine a.m. with the money. So, how did you come up with this idea? When did you come up with this idea to do this? Well, uh, you... I was with Vitaly in Dubai for about two months. What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yep, Go ahead. ahead. Sure. I was with Vitaly in Dubai for about two months, and uh, we were drunk in a nightclub about 3 a.m. And um, he goes, man, I've tried the Super Bowl so many times, I can't get it. I want to try it this year, but I'm scared I'm going to lose again because I've already spent like 8K in tickets. And I'm like, show me the footage of the times that you failed. So we went through it real quick. And um, the last time he tried it was last year with Kelly Kay. And when she jumped on the field, all the security guards, like within 40, 50 feet of her, rushed her. So I look, and there's just an open field with no, with no guards there. So we hired my buddy to jump as a distraction, which caused all the security to rush him. And I was waiting in a separate section at the stairs and just run and bum rush the field. And uh, somehow it worked out magically. <laughs> it, I think could have went more perfect than it did. So you guys had a plan. Yeah. Not only, not only did you have a plan, but this was something that was attempted a few times before. Yeah, we attempted it, or Vitaly has attempted it four times before that. He got in a locker room one time with a wig on, and uh, security was like, hey, that guy has a freaking wig on, and they kicked him out. And then uh, another time he tried to sneak in, and the, uh, he said the FBI stopped him and arrested him, somehow noticed him. And then um, another time he tried to jump the field, and they grabbed him. And then Kelly K last year, he sent Kelly K, and she got caught. But now, I had, I had confidence I could make it this year. What kind of legal ramifications have you endured now from, from this stunt? Uh, I got charged with trespassing. So which, it would be like which, a thousand dollar fee or something. Worth it. <laughs> I mean, you knew going into this you'll be forever <laughs> the streaker, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I honestly, I did not think it was gonna blow up as much as it did. Uh, um, I thought I was gonna get on the field and get tackled, you know. But then I get on the field and nobody's coming anywhere near me, so I'm taking laps, you know, and, and buzzing around, and then uh. The security guard came. I put a little juke move on him and a spin move, and he <laughs> falls on the ground. I don't. It just like really couldn't go more perfectly than it did. It was a definitely epic streak, and that was one of the best moments of my life for sure. That, that's great. Now most people don't know, but you know, running a hundred yards, sprinting a hundred yards is not like, you know, did you did you train at all for this run? Did you expect to be running so long? Not at all, man. All we did was drink and eat in Dubai. I got, I gained like twenty five pounds there. I was a lot slimmer before, before the trip. We ended from the trip on Thursday, and the Super Bowl was Sunday. And I was like, man, this is really gonna happen. You know, we got like three days to prepare. We planned it all like night before, pretty much. Did Did any part of you hope to get, make it to the end zone? Because I was rooting for you. Come on, you got to make it into the end zone. And then that security guy came to blindside you, and you, like, slid, like, three yards short from the end zone. Man, you know, there was a plan. And then as, as soon as I took 
the field, the plan was like out the window, you know, it was just like, I'm running my adrenaline's pumping, just like, it's like skydiving times a thousand. And, um, I'm just, the whole crowd is going, is like 10 times louder than it was the whole game. It was just insane. The floor is vibrating. My ears are vibrating. Just like, I, I didn't think of any plan. And as when I saw that, that police officer coming, I remember Vitaly telling me when the cops come get on the ground, I wasn't even looking at the end zone. I was just running. And um, I was just trying to avoid any further charges. So I thought about right. jumping over the cop. And then I was like, no, because he could get hurt or something, you know. Right. And then I was like, just slide, you know, just slide, get under him. Because he, it, I, when I turned and saw him, he looked like he wanted to break me in half, you know. <laughs> he was like oh, head yeah. down, full on, like, you know. <laughs> that was his, it, that was like the moment he's been waiting for his whole life. And I wasn't going to give it to him, you know. No, literally, <laughs> That security guy played some football, man. He had some form, man. He had some form. He was coming strong at you. He, he reminded me of a pulling guard. Yeah, he uh, was just, he... The, the Hillsborough County Sheriff actually made a post on their Instagram, and they're like, oh, yeah, our guy made the best tackle of the night, former high school star, <laughs> um, quarterback, this and that. And I, and I went and commented on their page, and I was like, oh, Obviously, he wasn't that good. He missed the tackle. That's why he never made it out of high school. And then the comments just exploded oh. from there. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so, so is, is there anybody that reached out to you? Anybody reach out to you to document this, to talk about this? Is there is there any works for a book or a show or anything? Uh, a book? No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But um, just kind of interviews. I mean, like three or four a day since it happened. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. But um, a lot of people are interested in this story. So we'll see. Maybe we'll make a movie out of it. Uh, it, it look, I mean, I mean, obviously everybody thinks everybody. I think a lot of people think that it's just like, all right, let me hop down on the field and run. They don't realize like the covert planning. You know, watching video footage of figuring out how to streak during the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, definitely. It took it. it I mean, well, we planned it pretty quick, and it was just like it was like sixty percent planning, thirty nine percent liquid courage, and one percent just adrenaline rush. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just gotta take a moment. Shotgun four beers right before we jump to. <laughs> Just, just got to take a moment. In an interesting, you know, six degrees of separation, Yuri and I actually share a barber in South Florida. Shout out to Legends Barbershop, friends of the show. They play the show in the shop, and they they actually helped us get Yuri on this morning. Yeah, man. Shout out, Alex. Yeah, actually, boy. Yeah, I got. I'm actually might have to head there over the show today. After the show today, um, did, 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 doesn't he have a six degrees separation? That AJ smokes too. Yes, I think he, he, him and AJ went to the same high school or something. One of our I, I mentioned it to Yuri last night. He said he doesn't remember AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the big question, Yuri. I would just have to see a picture of him. We'll get you one. The big question here is this. Will this be like a jackass thing? Are, are you looking to make a career of these kind of stunts, or is this a one and done for you? You know, I am a 
big, big, big time adrenaline junkie and nothing has ever felt like that before. So I'll be chasing that high for a long time. We'll see if we can make a couple more streaks. I, I got a question. You guys think I'll get shot if I uh, skydive into the Super Bowl next year? Or what? That would be the oh. most epic, insane thing I, ever. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. it would be, be crazy. Do, do, do you remember they, when they scared the snipers might try to take me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when the skydiver went into the the fight? The Vegas? Fight. Yes, yeah, the yep. Fight. yep, fan man. Yep. Well, I got a feeling we haven't seen the last of, of uh, becoming a career. <laughs> Am I pronouncing your no name? Is it Andrade? This is definitely not the last. Is it Andrade? Yeah. yeah, I don't believe we've seen the last yeah, of Yuri Andrade. Yuri, thank you so much for coming on KMA Talk Radio and sharing your story with all our fans and listeners. It was definitely interesting to hear. Good luck to you, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing what what else happens in the years to come. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes out for you, Yuri. Good luck. Thanks, fellas. Keep staying tuned. And shout out Vitalian Answered Man for making this whole thing happen. (laughs) Absolutely, my man. Peace. How about that? Was that pretty wild? That's awesome. O- o- wow. Only on KM Radio only can you do this. Yeah. <laughs> KMA Talk Radio, did yeah. we get the Super Bowl streaker? Uh, good we job. Beat, we, beat, we beat Coop to a story. We did. Well, yeah, seriously. We had an track. We, we, were, we weren't planning that on primetime, so uh, you, guys, you guys have that track. <laughs> All right, everybody. What was that? I apologize for his connection. He was in a different location yesterday. I guess this morning he was not in the same location. But uh, it was so. Do you confirm that they're going to do it from the same the show from the same spot? Yeah, yeah. That's I. I actually when I when I set up the sound checks, I I asked them to do it from the location that they'll do the show from. Except for Jose, because Jose does this weekly, so I was less concerned. And we did a sound check, but I was less concerned about him. But yeah. That's what we do. He uh, Yuri Yuri just texted me. He said he's he'll be glad to come back after next year's Super Bowl. It's <laughs> barbershop chatter that he's already they're already planning next year's Super Bowl, which is in California. His face is going to be plastered in every security office, office at the Super Bowl now. Absolutely. That's why. <laughs> That's funny. He can make a he can make a career out of it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jose, thank you for so much for being our thank guest you. today. Thanks. We really enjoyed having you on. I'm so happy to see you doing better. You know, continued health to you, my friend, and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, I mean, and I forgot to say, you know, for many years you had been inviting me to be on the show with Dave uh, from EPC, but every Saturday I was traveling. It's not that I didn't want to be on the show, but now that we have this time, you know, let's see how things go towards the end of the year. We'll do a recap, but I just want to congratulate you again, your team, your daughter, Alan, uh, for a great show. Like I said, history in the making. And I think that uh, a lot of people are going to look into it and say, uh, we might have, maybe we're thinking about doing it, but when you do it live, it's not the same thing. But again, guys, Alex. Paul, I don't care what Abe says about you. I think you're a great, great producer. I don't care what he says. Abe, <laughs> it was great to see you guys. Thank you. Have a you nice too. weekend. Thank you, Jose. Thank you. Coop, thanks for coming on. Okay, as guys. always, your contributions thanks, thanks. always rock, buddy. Yep, Stay safe. 
Stay safe. We'll catch you next week. Big thanks to Rafael Nodal also for our feature spotlight segment. Go. I just want to give one quick shout out to Tim Chi, who is in Taiwan. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say is probably the only person that watches KMA live on Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Well, maybe Coop. We don't know where he is. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, Saturday. it's Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday where Coop's at. There's a hint. It's Saturday. Write it down. <laughs> Next week, number one cigar of the year maker, Ernesto Perez Carrillo, will be on KMA Talk Radio. We're going to talk about his number one cigar and all things going on EPC. Everybody have a great weekend. Peace from the KMA crew. Keep it lit.